Hello. Hi. So we have um, Ramita Ravi here. We're very excited to be bringing on guests for the podcast. Um, Ramita, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I am a dancer, choreographer, startup consultant, and creative entrepreneur. That's how I've been describing myself. I live in New York City, or at least I did before the pandemic, um, and I graduated from UPenn in 2017, then started dancing professionally. Um, alongside dance, I work in UX design, product design, and marketing for various startups, and now I'm working on my own venture called Artswork. So I'm excited to tell you more about all of those parts of my career. Awesome. So you clearly have um, a lot of titles, which is super exciting. Um, why don't we start a little bit earlier? So let's start in college. What did you major in in college? Yeah, I majored in health and societies. It's a mixture of public health and healthcare management, which really got me interested in the intersection of health and business. And during college, I actually went in as pre-med. I really wanted to major in dance and be pre-med when I went to college, but Penn didn't have a dance major. So I did health and societies and I danced a ton extracurricularly in a dance company called Arts House Dance Company, as well as the overarching uh, Performing Arts Council. So I was able to kind of keep dance in my life um, extracurricularly. And so at what point, you know, between having a major sort of in healthcare and then becoming a professional dancer like when was that full shift and what did that kind of feel and look like yeah so i have been dancing since i was five um for about tw like 20 to 25 hours a week my entire mm -hmm. life so dance really took up about 50 percent of my life throughout um from from when i can remember and yeah. I got to college and that kind of stayed the same. And it was always a question in the back of my mind of whether I wanted to go down that route. I just had always prioritized academics or equally prioritized the two. Um, and after college, I really reached this point where the working world doesn't really allow you to be an artist and be um in a full-time job or another field at the same time very easily, um, which was a big shock to me. So, I, and I didn't know that in college, but at the end of college, um, after dancing in Arts House and working with the Dance Arts Council, I just saw that uh, dance could be so um, much more than the performance aspect, that there's all this business involved, that um, you can really use your brain in so many different ways. And so I really, really loved um, exploring that. And that gave me the confidence to be like, okay, I can make it as a dancer. And even if that's my own entrepreneurial way of making it, I, there is a path here. So um, that mm -hmm. gave me a little bit of confidence. Um, at the end of senior year, I also auditioned for So You Think You Can Dance. Um, and I got to do that show at the end of my um, undergrad, literally the day of graduation. I got to go oh, wow. to LA and do that. So that was also a big um, jumping off point. And um, I was actually planning to go back to grad school, kind of dance for a year as a gap year of sorts, and then go back to grad school and um, get an MPH. But I started dancing and I never stopped. And uh, that's kind of how it happened. That's awesome. So sort of in that journey, and I feel like people ask this question to artists a lot, and I 
don't love it, but I feel like I should ask it. So <laughs> during that time, right, like at least in my experience and a lot of my close friends' experiences, there have been a lot of questionable responses to the to the sort of you claiming yourself as a dancer or an artist or whatever it might be. Did you experience that early on when you decided to go into dancing full time? And what was that like? Did it ever sort of deter you? Did you consider grad school more or did it motivate you? Like, what was that feeling like? Yeah, I think there is a lot of uncertainty around what a career in the arts actually looks like. I didn't really know what it would look like. Um, And the people around me didn't really know what it could look like. Um, And with that, my, my career as an artist, as a dancer has changed dramatically even within the dance industry it's it's changed so I think there was definitely um, hesitance there were definitely questions especially because you know I went to a school where no one did this no one went into the arts um, or a very small handful of people a lot of my friends went into consulting and finance Um, so yeah it really like separated me from my friends it separated me from um, people that were doing more traditional jobs and that had more traditional schedules, um, which was hard to navigate. Um, In terms of legitimacy, I think that people just always um, have seen me as a dancer. So I think in terms of um, knowing that I was taking this seriously and knowing that it was a real career, I think that it has just been a really significant part of my life for a while. So um, I got less hesitance around that, but a lot of misunderstanding around what the day-to-day looks like. and so to share what the day-to-day looks like for my for my first year, um, at, coming off of So You Think You Can Dance, I did um, a mixture of Indian dance and contemporary on the show. And um, so that really pulled me into like the Indian dance world, um, which was great. Um, but it was kind of one of those things that I felt super stereotyped just because I'm brown to only be able to do Indian dance. And I got very mm-hmm. pulled into um, that type of world. So um, I slowly tried to find my way into different things that were more aligned with kind of my background in jazz and contemporary. So um, I started doing theater dance, commercial dance, and that means going to auditions every day, um, going to castings for TV shows, movies, um, Broadway shows, things like that. So um, the career itself has been really dynamic, and I think that's where the misunderstanding comes from, is that there are yeah. a lot of different ways that you can navigate it. Um, so it's just it's just a little tricky to explain, if anything. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I like how you pointed out that because you've been dancing your whole life, there wasn't a lot of hesitancy or questions around basically your own credibility as a dancer. It was more around the industry and, like, the lack of transparency that sort of corporate people have into the industry. Totally. Um, and, you know, I, I think I, I definitely feel that, right? Like, I am by no means a full-time dancer, but even when I just talk about what I do on the side, like, everyone at work, no matter where I work, is kind of looking at me funny because people don't understand it. And so I can only imagine what it's like for a full-time dancer trying to explain what you do for a living. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, you make a good point of when you say that you are a full-time dancer – that doesn't mean that you're dancing 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week. There are a lot of business aspects involved with it, mm-hmm. auditions, things like that that you mentioned. And I think it was you who posted or if it was someone else, I don't, I don't really remember on Instagram one time of like, 
artists are their own web designer, their own yeah. marketer, their like their own business, like accountant, everything, right? Because when you're an artist, it's not just about doing the art. It's about figuring out how to make money, how to get more gigs, marketing, etc. And I think that's a good transition into, you know, is that kind of how you found your way into consulting for startups and now creating your own? Or was that sort of career path a little bit different for you? Yeah, totally. I think that that aspect of it um, is what drew me into the career in the first place. So in my dance company in college, um, we got to run it as like a true company as as much as you can in undergrad. But um, Mm -hmm. we got to produce like uh, I got to produce four shows, tons and tons of concept videos, manage a group of 20 people. It was just um, manage our budget, manage our space, all of that stuff. And that was in the context of a company. But then I already knew how to do it then when I got into the professional world, especially, you know, the marketing aspects, the sales aspects. Um, And I found different skills along the way that did help me um, consult for startups. So um, I worked for TED Med for several years, which is TED Talks for Healthcare, and um, one of the and it's a full digital media company. And a lot of what I helped with in the early days was um, like digital marketing, and all of that I had learned simply because I had done it all for my arts career. Um, mm-hmm. But you're totally right; there are so many aspects of the day to day that like you have to manage your finances, you have to manage um, all marketing, you have to figure out where to be you have to you're your own scheduler like every single aspect of it um is very entrepreneurial so yeah that definitely drew me to like the early stage startup ecosystem starting with ted med um, and a few other health tech companies now i work for a company called tomorrow health um which uh provides home health services um and then eventually drew me into um now arts work which is um meant to kind of Well, I can tell you a little bit more about it in a second, but yeah. Yeah, no, actually, I want to go there. Um, So now you co-founded a startup of your own. It's called Artswork. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing a demo of it the other day, which was super cool. It actually got my own creative juices flowing a little bit, which I have to thank you for because I had a couple ideas in my head that like I was kind of sitting on and seeing you create something from the ground up really re-motivated me. Um, But that's a story for another day. So yeah, tell us... (laughs) Um, tell us about arts work. What is it? Where did the idea come from? You know, all of it. Totally. So I think um, I'll start with what it is. It's a professional network for artists and creatives. It's very similar to LinkedIn, but um, for arts careers, um, we're starting with performing artists, but it will expand into any genre of art. Um, The main features are you have a profile that is totally designated um, to the work that artists do. So featuring uh, media content, featuring gig based work. Um, We also have a place for referrals so you can refer work. Word of mouth referrals can happen on that platform. Um, And then you can also access resources. So a lot of um, creatives are freelancers just by nature of um, the work that we do and so there are specific needs that um, are really gaping holes actually like getting uh, health benefits um, cash flow mm-hmm. is a whole situation um, taxes are a big problem part-time jobs housing so um, that's a third component is this resource hub um, 
how the idea formed is uh so my co-founder nick is also a professional dancer he also went to penn with me um he made his own major in wharton called commercial dance management so we've always been um working together in in and we we led arts house together in college so we've always been interested in kind of finding the intersection between the arts and business and when we got to new york um there are just so many things that make this career like truly um, so difficult and unlivable um, because one, one, because we're in a freelance economy, but secondly, because it's just really difficult to um, know all of the things that you need to do and to be your own web designer and your own accountant and everything. So um, we wanted to do this as a way to one, legitimize arts careers and have there be a designated space to be like, hey, this is really a, a real profession and it should be sustainable it should be livable long term Mm -hmm. um and then to build a community where people can go back and forth and help each other to actually achieve that um while also helping each other find jobs so that's really the concept and that's where it came from yeah i think um you know the way i think about what you guys are doing with arts work is you're taking an industry that has been traditionally so disparate right like there's some resources here some resources there a couple people in the industry know how to do x y and z but not everyone does but you're taking all of sort of the knowledge um the resources etc that already exist and putting it onto one platform which obviously digitally like has no walls um so i think first of all that's like the future of the world but also (laughs) but also like it is a clear gap like you said and and i don't know i just think it's it's so impressive how you're able to take something so creative like performing arts um identify the gaps in them and then turn that into something that someone who's corporate like myself can fully relate to as well um so I'm really excited about arts work. I am on the wait list and I'm super Yay. excited about it. You guys have merch. I don't know how long merch is going to be available for, but I bought some and I love it. Um, and I know there's a bunch of other artists on there. So for anyone listening, um, please go check them out. Um, we'll, you know, link everything in the description of the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I think there's, you know, one or two more things I want to talk to you about. The first really is... Throughout your career, um, it's taken many turns. You do a lot of things. Um, what would you say has been the most difficult part of arriving to where you are today? I talk about this every now and then, but um, I think it's it's been a rather lonely journey. One, because um, I'm in a space where um, in, the, in the commercial dance and theater dance world there are very few South Asians and um, I'm always always still at auditions one of the only brown people in the room and it's it's really really hard to do that and you know keep showing up when you just fundamentally don't necessarily relate to everyone Um, so that has definitely been isolating also um, um, given that you know a lot of my friends are corporate being an artist and having that as my social sphere has also been lonely at times. So I think loneliness is the biggest thing that I've struggled with. Um, the other is actually um, the idea of no thank you please is has actually been like a big thing that I've had to learn because in order to make this career um, everything that I've wanted it to be and um, it just, you know, you can get lost doing one thing 
in this industry um, very easily. Like I could have uh, stayed doing the same jobs and just kind of like floated there. But I had Mm -hmm. to kind of check myself at every step and say, is this what's making me happy? Because if I'm, you know, going to work this hard to – you know, be an artist. It's it's not it's not an easy lifestyle, but I, if I'm gonna do it, like I need to be happy and be true to myself every step of the way. So that's taken a lot of um, reflection and saying no to things, saying no to asks. People always want you to, you know, um, do this for free and do that mm-hmm. for free, and um, you know, come be a part of this project. And you just have to, I think, be intentional about um, what you can and can't commit to. Um, And that was similar with, you know, finding that's another reason that I took up consulting on the side is that um, I was doing a lot of like odd side jobs that were also getting overwhelming. And I had to say at some point, like, no, I need to stop this and I need to um, like put my attention into one or two things that I can do really well so that I can do one or two things really well in in my creative um pursuits as well so it's just taken a lot of like stopping and reflecting and redirecting the entire career um to make it work yeah I also think like and and you kind of alluded to this but you know in, in we'll call them traditional careers like finance or accounting or you know I'm in product even in product there's a little bit of a career path It might not be fully laid out, but there's always something. Someone has done something before that has made them successful. And there's enough of those people for you to look them up and understand how to get there yourself. Totally. And from my perspective anyway, that doesn't exist in two very distinct industries. It doesn't exist in the arts. And it doesn't exist when you're starting your own business and being an entrepreneur. Totally. And you're doing both. (laughs) So I, I, I won't say that I completely understand, but I do relate to the fact that like, you are in a space where you probably feel a little bit like you're trailblazing at at all points and like kind of pushing the way forward. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that is a great application of saying no, thank you, please. Yeah. Um, Well, I will, I'll say even to that, sorry, um, is that I think being in this space has, um, well, being a dancer generally throughout my life, I think my definite because it was such a big part of my life for so long, like my definition of success, I think veered from I'd say what what's like traditionally if if I'm speaking from like South Asian perspective, what's like traditionally South Asian success, like it it veered from that pretty early on, but mm-hmm. um I think success as an as an artist and success as an entrepreneur can look so different. Um yeah. Because as an artist, like, there are so many cool, amazing projects I've gotten to do, like TV shows and and theater shows and traveling. I got to travel all the time. But um, and those were all awesome. And like, it's crazy because in 2018, the things I did in 2019 were like my biggest dreams. And then I had bigger dreams in 2020. So um, it's also about, you know. Uh, understanding that success can look different and that you're defining your own success every step of the way. And I think I'm, you know, now as I venture more into entrepreneurship, I'm going to be learning that constantly. But as an artist, it um, that was really gratifying, honestly, to to know like it, it doesn't have to be linear, but there are so many like successes happening constantly. And so just being okay with like the fact that that looks different than what other people's definition of success looks like um, yeah, has yeah, been definitely. valuable. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and the fact that you've been a dancer for pretty much your whole life um, helps to 
you know, almost set your own expectations of what you want to do and what you see as success in a given moment. Um, awesome. So my last question for you is we talked a little bit about what you've said no thank you please, you know, to in the past, but what are you currently saying no thank you to? Um, you know, what is currently in your life that you're like, you know what, I'm veering off of this and I'm going in some other direction and here's why. That's a great question. Um, I'll speak to this year um, and mm -hmm. the pandemic because um, I was doing a lot of running around before the pandemic. And um, during the summer, I kind of had this like big uh, reflective time period where um, I was like, that is so unsustainable. I can't even believe that I did that. Um, and, you know, I had all of these I had I had classes, I had um, different companies that I was working for. I had all of these different projects um, on my plate that it was just it was getting really exhausting. And I made uh, I wrote out my week and I and I <laughs> wrote um, which things were giving me input and which things were output. And it was like 90 percent output. Um, and I was mm -hmm. like, I can't I just can't do that anymore. So um I've kind of stopped a lot of the things that I was doing that were just draining and that were taking away energy. And I've tried to amp up the things that are giving me um, more space and energy. And I'm trying to have more balance with that. So, you know, going outside, going for bike rides, hanging out with friends and family um, has just become a bigger priority um, so that so that I can stay balanced and I can, you know, not go crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like that's a that's a lesson that a lot of people have learned this year. Totally. Feel, because we've been forced to slow down. Like slowing down yeah. was never an option before because we could, well, we thought we could do it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, because we've been forced to slow down, we're taking her back and thinking, we're taking a step back and thinking like, oh, this actually might be what is sustainable for me for the rest of my life. So definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought this was an awesome conversation. I learned so much about you that I didn't know about your experience, so that's been fun. Um, we always say to our listeners that these podcast episodes are really just like a view into us talking. It's usually me and Carissa, yeah. um, but in this case, it was me and you, and that's exactly what it felt like. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the podcast. For anyone who's listening, um, definitely check out Artswork, check out Ramitha. Again, we will link everything in the description. Um, and yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please do share it so we can increase our community. All right. Thank you.